This is our sixth session on Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. We're going to focus on verse 11 and some on what follows, but let's read the context. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light. There's been a new nature put in you. In the Lord, or in union with Jesus, you are light. Walk as children of light. That's your nature. Light is your parent. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving, this is modifying the walk, walk proving, seeking to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Here comes what we haven't focused on yet. And do not share in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. And all things exposed by the light are manifest, become light. For all that is manifested is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So, Father, as we attempt now to understand what it means, do not share in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Grant us insight, Lord into a change of life that doesn't share in what we once were part of or people that we once hung out with and loved to talk about these things with when, in fact, even speak of them is shameful. And grant us to understand what it means that they're so unfruitful and that they're dark and what our mission is, Lord, and what it isn't in experience. Exposing them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Do not share in takes us back to the level of imperative and repeats what we saw in 5 to 7 at the end there. Do not become partners with them. You see the similarity? Don't become partners with them is the same as. Do not share in the unfruitful works of darkness. And the reason that's significant to notice is it will give us a context for understanding the word unfruitful. Don't share in the unfruitful works of darkness. And if this is returning back after this argument, you see that four right there started an argument. So this unit right here is an argument for the imperative that goes before and the imperative that that follows. And what went before was, don't become partners with them. Well, who? This therefore shows that what is spoken of with regard to these works leads us not to become partners with them. So what are the works that we should not become partners with? Sexual immorality impurity, covetousness, because 
the people that do these, habitually live in these things, have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, one, and the wrath of God comes upon them as the sons of disobedience, two. And so this therefore follows from you don't want to lose your inheritance. You don't want to miss out on the inheritance of the kingdom of Christ, and you don't want to fall under the wrath of God. So, therefore, don't be partners with them. And so the them are the people who are sexually immoral, impure, covetous. That's not the only thing in the them, but that's the ones, those are the ones that Paul focuses on. Therefore, don't become partners. And why are they then don't share in the unfruitful works of sexual immorality, impurity, and covetousness? Why are they called unfruitful? Well, because this is the fruit you get. No kingdom of Christ, plenty of wrath. That's not the kind of fruit you want to get from your life. So since doing these things, living in these things results in no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, and these things lead to the wrath of God, therefore, don't be partners with them. And that's the argument. That's what's being picked up on here in verse 11. Don't share in the unfruitful. They're unfruitful. They lead to death. They put you out of the kingdom. They bring the wrath of God. So that's the basic meaning of unfruitful here. You can see it confirmed in Romans 6.21, where Paul says, when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from things of which you're now ashamed? All that darkness. What kind of fruit was coming from your life then? The end of those things is death. That's the fruit you were getting. It's, it's ironic. We said in one earlier session, Paul loves to use the word fruit for what is nourishing. And this is an ironic use of the word fruit. You get death. That's what you get to eat if you follow in this path. And then five verses later, in Romans 7, 5, he says, For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. There it is, fruit for death. And so when Paul said back here that you get excluded from the kingdom of Christ, you get put under the wrath of God for sexual immorality and impurity and covetousness, so don't be partners with them, this unfruitfulness is clearly death and wrath and exclusion from Christ. That's what makes these work so horrific. They are unfruitful, and so don't share in them. Flee sexual immorality and covetousness. But don't just flee them. You are now children of light. And the effect of light is exposing dark. And so he says, but instead even expose them. And the reason I put the Greek word here is so that we could see it repeated here and stress that every time this 
word is used in the New Testament, and it's used quite a few times, it doesn't just mean expose in the sense of uncover as though you might uncover something good. This word never refers to the exposure of something beautiful or good. It, it's not uncovering goodness and righteousness and truth. Just the opposite. The light of goodness and the light of righteousness and the light of truth is precisely what uncovers or exposes the dark. So don't think of the word expose here as neutral. It usually is translated convict or uh, rebuke. For example, you can see it over here in 1 Timothy 5.20. As for those elders, it's talking about, who persist in sin, rebuke them. Same word, rebuke them in the presence of all so that they may so that the rest may stand in fear. So rebuke or convict is a common translation of this Greek word here. Here's another way uh, Jesus spoke about darkness and exposure in John 3. This is the judgment that light has come into the world. People loved darkness rather than light because their works were evil. These unfruitful works of darkness were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Why? He doesn't come to the light. Why? Lest his work should be, and there's that word, shown to be wrong. This word, I think, can be translated virtually every time it's used with shown to be wrong, shown in their conscience and in public to be exposed as wrong. And that's what's happening here. One last question. Does this mean that the vocation that Christians should engage in is constantly going throughout the world looking for the most horrible sins in unbelievers' lives so that they can write articles about them, trumpet how bad they are, is our vocation to expose people by making it a vocation to dig into their closets and become uh, investigators and expose people in public? Is that our job? I doubt that he means that. I, I think he means, look, you have just come. You were darkness, right? And now you are children of the light. There is a circle of friends who once hung out with you and you with them. And you are now to live a life of goodness and righteousness and truth, which is so bright that it exposes them as living for what is not worthy. All things exposed by the light, and this is the light, are manifest. For all that is manifested is light. Isn't it remarkable that the argument for why you should expose them is that you shouldn't talk about them? <laughs> That's a strange argument, isn't it? Expose them, for it is shameful to speak about them. Now, 
The implication of that at least is this. You should not revel in writing and talking about these sins. Not only can they shame your mouth, your mouth can defile your soul. So that argument right there is a governor put on somebody who says, oh, I'm going to go out and find everybody sinning that I can and and uh, blow a big trumpet over all the sins and write about them and speak about them. That's not the point here. That's not the atmosphere. In fact, we'll talk next time about this. What we want for people who are in the dark is this. We're not eager to be condemners. That's not the goal. It's a sub-goal in the sense that when you live a life of truth and you live a life of righteousness and you live a life of goodness, there is an exposure of the secret sins of others. When they're around you, they feel indicted and you hardly have to say anything when you walk in purity among people that are impure. But what we want is awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Our whole demeanor is, I want you as my brother and sister. I want you in the light with me. I don't want to indict you or condemn you. I want you to awake. But more of that next time. Here, we've seen simply a a repetition of what we saw up here in 5-7. Don't share with those who are living a kind of works that will bear fruit only in death. But let your goodness and righteousness and truth, the fruit of light, expose them as wrong.